0: This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Anything, anything uh, I can help with or answer any questions, anything of that nature. So I'm curious to know um, about your social media presence in China. Okay. Because um, I recently. Listening to one of your talks, and you said that Weibo is actually the fastest-growing channel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just. So I'm yeah, um, so I'm. yeah, of course. So I'm. I have a presence on Weibo and WeChat. And uh, let's see if I can pull it up. Um, and I'm also uh, <laughs> doing quite a bit with. Um, With a Facebook Chinese page that is actually growing ridiculously well, Um, and so in general, let's not sound it. Um, In general, to me, I think about things in 30 and 40 kind of year windows, and the thought of not having a presence in mainland China is almost like not not existing in that kind of window. And so, I'm doing KOL collaborations. with people who are trying to build a presence in the U.S. or rest of the world, um, and obviously two core things that I speak a lot about: entrepreneurship and really, I would call it family dynamics of psychology of like what 20 to 30 year olds go through, are clearly over-indexing subject matters yeah, yeah. in you know for a lot of uh, mainland Chinese uh, youthful entrepreneurs, and so it's really, really growing very rapidly. I was uh, also listening to the uh, your YouTube video about how in your twenties you should just really explore and, and and not to be too risk averse. And I mean, obviously, I've grown up in Finland, but I've received a very sort of traditional Chinese um, digital. well, not education, but the way that point I was of view. Brought up. So I mean, that's something I don't think that. In mainland China, anyone's ever said to those kids that you know you. Should I don't just think go they've. I don't think they've said and, it in the U. S. either. Yeah. yeah. Or Europe, for that matter. And, and it's interesting, right? Like I think, I think about it in two ways. I think there's two ways to win your 20s. I think you either go all in and like work your face off and build that foundation, or you go completely in the other direction and you go higher risk, higher reward to try to just figure yourself out and taste a lot of different things. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's actually it actually isn't logical or practical the way that we're all brought up, and like how we're supposed to address 22 to 30. Yeah. It's supposed to be like okay, go attack and like settle it down and build a foundation. It just doesn't. It it had a lot more merit when people lived to 50 years old. Okay. It it just doesn't. You know, yeah. it doesn't have as much merit in the way the world is today and the opportunities that are gifted. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think a lot of. A lot of the things I think about mm-hmm. challenge conventional wisdom because what I think I tend to do is layer the reality of the current world yeah. and not just think what used to work in a pre internet industrial revolution, you know, 1960s, 70s, 80s world. Yeah. I'm thinking about tips for us. I think that we have to be like renewing ourselves every day on social and. <laughs> As every other company too, and um, yeah, we're doing campaigns, we're doing inspirational content, and, and so on. But how? What are the tips like from your perspective? What should we be? I think doing the number and, mm-hmm. and how do you see like commercial campaigns on, on social? So the thing that I think will make sense to you guys is that I think that a company like a little homework for this meeting. Um, I think they go, they get fragmented too much. Meaning in social. Um, It is either things like day in and day out content to fill the pipes, which is aspirational and nice, and maybe spending too much time worrying about engagement and not enough time about what the business results are. And then they spend a lot of money on outdoor and television and traditional branding. To me, the biggest opportunity in social is doing brand work inside of Facebook. To me, the number one thing I would do if I took over marketing is I would produce, you know, 50 second to four minute videos for Facebook with the intent of brand and sales. Not long videos. Long videos. <clears throat> really. Mm-hmm. Okay. I th- What's I think. The reason for that because Because they work. But we have seen that like like people that, that shorter videos seem to work. So. Shorter videos work for the vanity metrics of social media. Yeah. And the way you you kind of judge, you know, shareability or consumption, but when you look at actual attribution to a transaction or the ability to, let's play it out. Okay, so you make a 20 second video on Facebook, it gets, you know, let's say it gets 100,000 engaged. Liked, shared, commented, and then you run a two minute, 19 second video that has a lot more breath to like what you're about that one may have 17,000 people watch it. It may cost you more money on media to get 17,000 to engage than the 100,000. But when you go to retarget those 17,000 versus the 100,000 to buy, the math tends to work out on the smaller, deeper group than the, the, the wider, shorter group. And so I think that what's great about being an, unlike being a bottled water company, Mm -hmm. is when they go to retarget, they're still a retailer and they can't see all the math. For you, when you retarget, it's black and white. You'll be able to see the CAC and the LTV on the transaction that you're looking for. And So I think the biggest mistake a lot of big companies make is they do social media for the sake of social media, not for the sake of the actual business Mm -hmm. goals they have. And they don't hold traditional dollars they spend to the level of accountability that they do in the new world because the new world has so much more metrics, mm-hmm. you have no idea if there's three second or 10 second viewability on your commercials. Yeah. You don't know the impressions of your outdoor, yeah. you've accepted it because it's always been done, but you hold the new stuff to a level yeah. of scrutiny that you don't the old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's where the big misses for. Yeah. How do you see like very tactical? in social media, should those be done or should it be just more like brand and... I think both work. Yeah. I think branding and selling work. I mean, yeah. there's enormous amounts of selling to be done on Facebook. Yeah. I think you can't be half pregnant. Yeah. I think a lot of people try to hide sales into branding and vice versa. I think there's a, there's a lack of a good conversation between the difference between a piece of content that's meant for branding and one that's meant for sales. And I think most organizations over-index in respecting one or the other. You have some companies that only don't like social media because all they want to do is actually be DR marketers and that's why they favor Google. Mm -hmm. And then you have other people who don't value social media because all they want to do is brand work and they think television or sponsorships are better brand work. And that's why social and specifically Facebook has this incredible opportunity right now because it's underpriced attention Mm -hmm. because not enough money is going into it either from DR or brand. Yet, if you look at Wish, if you look at so many, other companies they do their marketing and they're selling purple mattress. Other, many other companies, Lola, in that environment. Uh, that's why I'm so bullish on it. Yeah. The, the the issue is like anything. The ROI of this of these two markers yeah. is completely predicated on my talent to draw with these yeah. two markers. Yeah. And I think that you know there's a sophistication, both mathematically and artistically and strategically and psychologically that it takes to be good at any marketing in any medium yeah. and I think most people are applying old principles into this new environment mm-hmm. which is why they're not getting the results. Mm-hmm. To your point, this bottled water company would rather put something like, you know, a, a hashtag Wednesday Wisdom post because they're gonna get 87 likes on you know, on the post without really understanding if that's gonna lead to mm-hmm. selling here. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lack of thoughtfulness in most people's, you know, overall digital, yeah. overall marketing strategy, digital strategy, yeah. and then social yeah. strategy. When you were looking at our like Facebook site, what yeah. did you think? Like, What were what, the, I te- what I couldn't what, tell, what I was looking for yeah. more was how much marketing you were doing actually in a traditional world. Mm-hmm. When I was looking at Facebook, the biggest thing that I don't know is are you running Facebook ads that I don't see on yeah. your, you know, yeah. which yeah. I would hope you are, and more yeah. importantly is far more important than yeah. what I would see. Yeah. I was less analyzing your social, mm-hmm. I was more trying to get a sense mm-hmm. Yeah. of how much traditional media you were doing yeah. in in the name of branding. Yeah. Because as I've just said earlier, the number one thing I would do if I were you is do much more branding yeah. inside of Facebook. Yeah. That to me is, that to me is the, you know, yeah. the un, I would argue the unique point of view by comparison to most right now yeah. that I think has the most upside. Yeah did you have like do you have what do you think about bots and and artificial intelligence now that it's like talked a lot and and we know that many like has been taking those like bots very seriously they have been doing good work inside messenger and, and so on we aren't there yet we have a like bot called you need to get there. It's taking baby steps. So you need to get, how, yeah. you're gonna get caught if you fall behind too much yeah. because all of your customer service is gonna happen through that environment. Yeah. You're gonna save a fortune. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be better, more efficient, yeah. higher conversion, and lower yeah. cost. Yeah. Uh, you need to be serious about Messenger and I think yeah. when you look at mainland China, the US, <clears throat> VK in Russia, the AI message bot Infrastructure is going to be very important. Yeah. Consumers will re- interact with those bots because they're yeah. going to get time saving. Yeah, yeah, that is true. It's going to take time. Yeah, it's going to take two or three years for yeah. it to be the behavior that I think a lot of technologists are looking for. Yeah. But I mean, I'm a very big fan of of it. It yeah. will be there. How do you see like social, that shouldn't be in-house or should it be out? Is I, like- I think everything should be in-house, yeah. which is funny considering yeah. what I do for a living. I think what I've learned is that most companies aren't, are the reason they don't do in-house is two reasons. One, strictly from a Wall Street or publicly traded company standpoint, they don't want the expenses on their P&L, yeah. uh, which hurts them in public markets. Or two, they just don't retain the talent and they feel like you know they lose that continuity. Um, to me, anything you can do in-house is always going to be interesting unless there's somebody who's hungry enough. The way I would, when, if I owned a company, the way I would play agencies is I would work with independent shops who are on their way to try to sell to holding companies cause they're gonna care more, um, they're just different. So I, I think the biggest issues with agencies and with brands is agencies are publicly held companies you know, so much consolidation yeah. that... And they don't love our brand like we do. Like we kind of see in that, that window. I, I think that's right. But I also think what agencies do do well, yeah. I- including others, is they're able to see your brand in a different way than you are. Yeah. Everybody thinks their kids yeah. are the prettiest. Yeah. So I think that's where they can, yeah. they can bring yeah. sensibility. My biggest problem with agencies is they don't produce enough work for the cost associated. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we're really kind of winning. Yeah. Is we're, first of all, I built the agency mainly to buy brands. So I have far more ambition to become my clients than to be an agency, which aligns our interests better. And what we realized after we got great at media was oh my God, we have to produce so much content to take advantage of the media landscape. So we built our own 50,000 square foot production facility. Um, and have had a much deeper religion on the cost of creative than I think the market has been accustomed to without giving up this magical idea of quality. Yeah. You know, when I first got into the business, you know, I came from startup land and, and entrepreneur land in Silicon Valley, and I would look at a video at a, you know, commercial, and I literally was like, how the hell does this cost $600,000? Yeah. You know, I just couldn't get there. Yeah. Uh, So I think our great ambition, back to the, so our model is if you're a brand that does a commercial and it costs $800,000 in out of pocket and creative and production, we try to convince that client to do six or five or four or three long form Facebook videos for that same cost, which can first fit different demographics, right? Because when you do one commercial, it's just vanilla. Whereas, you know, if you, if you start an Asian you know, family in their 20s and target Asian American or Europeans in their 20s, you're gonna over-index in relevance. Um, and then we also think the media costs on distribution are more efficient. Um, because I think the biggest conversation that you also probably wanna have on the media front is there's potential reach and then there's actual reach. And I think the market trades on potential um, and doesn't layer common sense I mean, there's almost no market left in the world that OTT hasn't eaten up such a substantial percentage of television content consumption that it's made every commercial reared Grossly overpriced. Yeah, I, I think I think the I think to your point, one thing I did look at, and I had a meet up last night with four of the ten faces. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be left desired in influencer marketing, for, but I think I think that's where you probably want to look at the global nature of your business and look at the pockets where it, where you can play, or using those same faces in other markets. So I do think they're inexpensive. So I do think. What's interesting about your 10 faces is in a US-centric campaign, with that kind of level of YouTube, which is really what we're seeing following, there probably is an inexpensive way to do some very clever collaborations where you might be able to take those four to 10, do some sort of collab with two or three US-centric. In the US, there's something I think that would really work for you, which is uh, family vlogging is very big. And some of it can get pretty affluent uh, and I could see a lot of interesting collabs of like that family going to, there's something to be done that I think yeah. you could hack. So I think if you're thinking for this market, domestic your domestic market, I, I would say how underpriced Facebook and Instagram ads are is probably the strategy I would deploy. If I thought about the influencer market, I would use them as ambassadors on the outside. Because what's great about YouTube is this. So let me play it out for you. You take a, a YouTuber and 600,000 subscribers, he's still cheap. Like you, can, like you can probably give him a couple of he's pumped or fine, a little bit of bucks. But in the ecosystem of YouTube, if there's people with a million subscribers in the U.S., the idea to do a collaboration with him is exciting because they want to siphon fans from him. So he's more valuable as an asset out there. You see where I'm going? And this is what I was talking about with thoughtfulness. I think the level of sophistication and the way that people fragment all these different things. And that's why I think we've invested so much in strategy. Our biggest growth has been... So we used to meet somebody like you, and if we wanted to do business, we're like, okay, you can give us your media budget, you can give us your creative budget, and I think the thing that we've realized in the last couple years is, or for a 150,000 euro strategy thing, we can save clients millions of dollars with their creative and media partners, and it's a good way to get the value out of us. So I think even how we're talking now, that would've been how we probably would've analyzed your influencer strategy. Go use their following count to do collaborations in other markets with bigger influencers who are trying to siphon and use them as a gateway, as an ambassador to your brand through that collaboration. To me, it's unemotional assets versus costs, right? So for me, I'm not in love with Facebook and Instagram, I'm in love with the price of their ads.